This episode of First Up has been modified from its original broadcast to best accommodate to your liking here in podcast form. Be sure to save the URL to each episode page via cfmu.ca slash shows slash 159 within eight weeks after an episode's air date for full show playlists and songs. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy today's content. Have a good one. Yeah, so I, I, I came up with the name, um, or I ran into the name Loud With Light, essentially, um, as part of my McMaster University choir days. We sang a song called um, By the Rio Grande, and uh, there are some texts there. It's By the Rio Grande, we dan- or they dance no Sarah band, um, and there's further down they sing, uh, you know, um, um, Loud With Light Within at the Bell's Huge Tolling, and the sort of phrase Loud With Light I really liked, and I thought... I'm going to hold on to that. Very cool. All and right. I've held on to it for 20 years, and now I kind of use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuck around, hasn't it, eh? It's stuck around, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, <clears throat> sounds good. Levels are good. So I just want to make sure that I wasn't going to be too loud, because this particular mic is very powerful for some odd reason, and yeah. it usually eclipses those mics down there. So I, I, I want you to be the star of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here to help guide conversation for the most part. All right, here we go. All right. Good morning, this is the first wake-up call here on 93.3 CFMU for First Up. My name is Joe Marr, here to be with you for the next 90 minutes on today's program. And uh, we started things a little differently today because I decided to kick in, or throw in rather, I guess I have to find the right verb there, uh, something different compared to what you usually would hear to begin the episode. That was a bit of conversation from what you're about to hear because today we have a special guest and it's another one of those full-length features for the most part might have some music breaks here and there, some talking breaks and such. But honestly, I am so excited to share this content with you. I had a guest in about a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm sure that this is going to be out long after we've had this conversation, but still, and you know what? What I love about them is that they're so timeless in the sense that you can play them at any time, even no matter how long after the original recordings have gone, and simply just get the same sense of how the uh, the interview's going. You know, there's, there, are, there are no dates to catch up to or anything like that. But anyway, this guest is somebody who happened to be visiting the McMaster area. He himself is a Mac grad. And uh, this person uh, wanted to pay a visit to sort of talk about his musical journey. Uh, also kind of just a bit of his life story. And I figured what better way than to have him on an interview. Actually, he reached out and I certainly said, you know what, you'd be more than welcome to come on the show and share your story. Tell us a bit about your music, you know, your time here at Mac, uh, back home and all that. So you're going to get to hear that in this conversation for today. That guest's name is Case Hroches. And I made a good point to make sure that I pronounced that correctly. So Case is my guest for today and yours. Uh, and we'll get to go ahead and listen into this conversation that I had with him a little while ago, but still very relevant. In fact, this was so unique, this particular interview, in the sense that we actually had live music. So normally what I do when I have guests on is I'll usually have music before and after, maybe during uh, an interview, just in case if there were some songs that we wanted to set up with conversation and so on. But in this particular case, I didn't need any music because Case did everything live in the studio with a backup singer. And um, 
everything was all acoustic, just completely, 100%, super amazing stuff. So uh, I um, was super excited when he said I wanted to come and do this live. I'd bring my friend in and go ahead and just uh, go ahead and play the songs. And uh, I could never have been happier at how they'd all turned out. And I would love to share them with you and I'm looking forward to when those come up. So they will be sprinkled in and around throughout the conversation. I might take some breaks in between uh, just to kind of help especially if uh, we have some of our friends joining us later in the program today. So uh, you and I will get to go ahead and enjoy this conversation. I mean, I love listening to it and I uh, couldn't be happier to be able to share it with you today. Now, without further uh, ado, I guess, and <laughs> as the saying goes, let's get right into that conversation with Case. This is Case Roaches, and you're going to hear a little bit about his story from his uh, roots uh, and in various countries, which you'll be able to hear in a bit, to his time here at Mac and to what he does now beyond back over in Holland. So here he is, and I hope you enjoy this feature for today's episode here on First Up, and this is 93.3 CFMU. Jomar here with you, and I have a very special guest in the studio today, and I think this will be an exciting time, not just for myself, but obviously for, for our guests as well, just because he's visiting, actually, all the way from Holland, and uh, we are uh, looking forward to hearing from his music, a little bit about him, because he is a Mac grad, and uh, we'll get to hear a bit about his story, and of course his music, which I'm really excited about, because you don't I don't really get to do this very often, to be able to have people come in and do these, uh, to do songs live. So it'll be really exciting, and it is my pleasure, therefore, to introduce to you Case Hurches. Uh, I may have, I remember we were getting this fine earlier, but <laughs> Case. No, it's, um, uh, it's I'm, I'm used to everything. Case, <laughs> case Hurches. Hurches, uh, that's what it was. See, I, I was like, there was something, there was an inflection there that I may have missed. <laughs> but anyways, he also, uh, from a performance perspective, goes under the name Loud with Light. Yes, I do. Right? Yeah. Right, and uh, so we're gonna get to hear a bit about just everything, I guess, everything case. So, yeah. how do you want to start, case? Do you want to tell us a bit about uh, yourself in terms of, uh, I guess, your beginnings? Because I, I've heard and I've seen that uh, you have been all over the place in terms of all over the map. Uh, born in South Korea, yeah. raised here in Canada, but you're currently living in the Netherlands, so you've got a lot of background. I've, uh, yeah, I have a fairly uh, um, um, international background. Indeed, I was born in South Korea. I mean, I'm Dutch. Like, uh, you know, my name Case is probably it's like Mike here. It's 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 a very common name there. <laughs> a little bit old fashioned, but it's quite a common name. And um, so, and my parents are Dutch uh, as well. Uh, but uh, my dad is a pat or was a pastor and a theologian, and he was asked to teach in South Korea. So they moved to South Korea, uh -huh. and um, I was born there. I see. And um, I lived there for almost eight years, and then moved to Canada because my dad was asked to teach here. Uh, there's a there's a theological seminary here in Hamilton as well, up, okay. up the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I lived here for almost 17 years. Did my you know elementary school, most of my elementary school, high school. Went to McMaster, did my bachelor's here, and then um, after that, I moved to the Netherlands uh, to do my master's. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, kind of stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been living there now for 15, 16 years. So most of my time, like the, I've spent the most of my time in Canada yet, but uh -huh. in about a year or two, 
It will I'll be equaled to, or surpassed. It will be equaled and surpassed <laughs> by that, your time in the Netherlands. Yes, exactly. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember much about uh, your time in South Korea or the early days here in Canada? Any specific memories or anything that stands out to you? I I, I recall a significant amount from uh, South Korea, um, and I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if that's because you know we have a lot of photo albums. So oh, yes. if these are like um, you know memories that I've kind of like transposed onto the pictures, or uh-huh. but I think you know we we lived in in ten years, or at least that I was there seven years, almost eight years. We lived in four different houses, and for a number of those, like I can recall like the sort of interior of those houses. Oh wow. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some of the smells as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I've actually never been back. I hope to go back this summer. But I've been to Asia a few times, um, you know, lived there as well. And sort of like, even like the smell and the sound and the, and the, and the light, I feel at home when I'm in Asia. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it, it feels like comfortable or I've been oh, here yeah. before. <laughs> the connection is, is insa- <clears throat> it's, it's really interesting because for my case, I've only moved once, but I've been here in Canada my whole life. I was yeah. born here. My parents are of Philippine descent. Both of them became here. But what's interesting is the only way I'll remember some of my childhood memories from the old house, I, I'm actually told that we moved multiple times before mm-hmm. we got here uh, to the place where I am now. We're all, we've been in, in Mississauga all throughout our lives. But what I, I can't seem to remember much of it, which is really interesting. I don't know if it's because of the lack of significant memories or smells. We don't really have a house smell in our case. And it's kind of just been, you come home, it's just kind of the feeling of home. I don't know if it's a sensory thing or or anything, but um, yeah, it's like I need the photo albums or I need the VHS tapes, uh, put them in the VCR and play all the old home video to be able to really remember. Even then I look and I'll be like, I don't remember any of this stuff or something like that house looks so foreign to me. That yeah. I can't remember any of it. So there must be something, I don't know, uh, that, that you may, maybe you had experienced or maybe it's just your experience overall being back in South Korea that uh, might have, uh, that, that has you, you know, remember all this. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know we were there with another family and I know um, the memories of, of some of the kids that were kind of our age you know, are a little bit less than our memories than than my memories. So I sometimes wonder if it's like a collective, like Hoch's family uh-huh. sort of memory well that we tap out of. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I, I do feel like I remember that time fairly well. That's good. Well, maybe yeah. good memory runs in the Hoch's family, perhaps, as you said. It could yeah. be that very well, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, how about your early days here in Canada? I don't know. Um, as a student coming, because you, you attended mm-hmm. Mac between, yeah. like, right right at the turn of the center, of the, of the millennium, actually, yeah. really. Yeah. So um, how, how was your time at Mac? Because actually, you know, what we were talking about this earlier, I realized that a lot has changed over the past 20, 20 23 years, we'll say. Yeah. Since you've been here, for instance, this building we're in right now here at the student center, I think opened during that time when you were there, right? Yeah, it here, opened right? when yeah. I was, um, yeah, w- when I was here uh, yeah. after like my second or third year. I yeah. think like after my second year or something. Um, so like we had to get used to a new cafeteria because <laughs> you kind of have like your spots where you hang out with your friends and your classmates and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I had I had I had a good time here at McMaster. Um, it's it was quite a sort of formative time for me in a, in, in in you know a bunch of different ways, um, and yeah, I had a had a had a great time here. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I joined the McMaster Choir, yes, University Choir, and did that for five years. Uh-huh. Um, you know, loved it. Sang all kinds of different you know types of music. Um, did you have a favorite out of all of them? The one that most sticks with me is 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 Mozart's Requiem. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, also, because I when I actually joined a choir when I moved to Holland as well, 
It's a great way of meeting oh, new people. Yeah. And, yeah. and the first the first uh, program they had was Mozart's Requiem, so I sang it with two different choirs. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I really remember that. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I went to the business school here, Michael G. DeGroot School of Business. Yes. It's still, it, it still is here. It uh -huh. still looks the same. I walked <laughs> by it this morning and like, I recognize this. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you know, but it was, it was a very sort of formative time for me looking back on it. You know, what is it? 20, well, f nah, 17, 18 years later. Yeah, it's, pretty it's much a, uh, towards a, the tip of that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you when you walked on campus, I'm sure there were a lot of new things that may have been there to see or sort of been going like, I don't think I've seen this here before. Like there's a whole new building behind the student center that used to be all parking lot there now, which is, which is the Peter George, whatever it's called now, I think. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's so a whole new building. It's, it's, it's beyond the Arts Quad building. Oh, okay. So I, I may have to take you out there just to show you after this. But basically, yeah, it's like uh, there are those things that are added and, and whatever mm -hmm. uh, you, you see that hasn't been there before. But of course, there's that familiarity that you yeah. come back to every time, right? Were you, were you ever, did, you ever, did you ever frequent these studios uh, while you were there? Um, I walked by them. I didn't actually go inside. This is the first time I actually actually went ah. inside. I did listen to them every once in a while because because um, you guys had like a countdown or something like that. Yeah. And actually, I was I was telling you um, you know earlier as well. Like I discovered a lot of new music here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, 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 like I was saying, the the Union Market is still here around the corner. And I heard they used to play. They used to stream the uh, the on air stuff from CFMU in those days. Yes, I yeah. wish they still do that now. That's the only thing I kind of wish they did. You know, maybe we can convince them. After I think this so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, you you did mention that's right because you managed to listen to some some great music from there when, yeah. when you were there in the Union Market, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I discovered our Arcade Fire there, uh -huh. <laughs> the Arcade Fire, and and I was like, what album is this? Like, yeah, it's Funeral, and uh -huh. you know, I had to go to like this really downtown. I think it was called the Sonic Onion or something. Like yes, downtown, that's right. Downtown, like indie record store to mm -hmm. buy the CD. That's right. And um and just just the there's another cafeteria that I discovered Coldplay the first time. A friend was like, hey, you oh. you gotta you gotta listen to this, and it was the first <laughs> album. So I went to their first show in in, in Toronto. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, it kind of it's honestly a wonder. It's what, what campus radio can do, right? Or even yeah. just those little little hidden gems that you just happen to need to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So yeah. would you say that there's been sort of some inspiration from that too in the music you do? Because you you mentioned that you 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 uh, graduated from from business, did a bachelor of commerce, but yeah. you also now like to take music up on the side as well, right? Would you say that any of, aside from the choir music, any of the, the early music you listened to, was there, would you say there would be any influence on oh, what you I, do now? I think you can definitely hear some influences from, you know, like I, I, I before I went back and went to Mac, like my favorite band was Radiohead. And you know, actually I'm wearing kind oh, yeah. of a, it's a side project, a shirt with a <laughs> side project. Um, so, you know, just the idea of not being limited to you know uh, 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 you know G C D you know, right one four five mm -hmm. chord progression but yep. it, doing other stuff yeah. you know that really started there and just listening to like all kinds of different music um, but I also used to go to 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 the library and they had a, an amazing CD collection there oh so, here like the Mills library like the Mills library yeah oh. and you could you could like get headphones and uh -huh. and you know just while studying listen to a lot of music and that's where you know I really discovered you know anything from the Beatles to Rachmaninoff oh that's amazing you know just all kinds of different musical influences and you know yeah. I, I and that's what the the opportunity that kind of Mac afforded me just just coming here and just you know having my my mind 
expanded, you know, just yeah. all kinds of different music and, and, and influences. Or and just stuff, coming so. to explore really, right? Just to, yeah. just, just to open your mind to, to new things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And took I, I took a lot of electives outside of business as well. Like uh-huh. I, I really um, wanted to, to, you know, get outside of the business bubble. And, uh, you know, took a lot of random courses, anything from like medieval history to, you know, Paul and Christian origins to music for film and television to, you know, globalization. Yeah. Uh, and that really, again, that uh, aside from a musical sort of formative years, it also like, you know, what I do now professionally was really sort of like st- kind of started here. Interesting. That, yeah. that, that um, you know. Uh, inquisitiveness and just kind of looking at you know different different ways of doing business. Absolutely, yeah. So I understand that you've got a song. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, and uh, one of these is called "Fear Thee Well." Do you have any sort of setup to this, or is there any kind of backstory to how this came across? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, like I told you, I was born in in South Korea, and um, and uh, uh, the story kind of goes actually when my brother was born. Like the, you'll hear the first vor- verse. Um, I tell the story of, of uh, literally the day my brother was born. This was in Holland, so, you know, you're born at home. So he was born at home. Uh-huh. And um, my parents received a phone call saying, you know, congratulations, you're going to South Korea because, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to teach there. And they, at that point in time, they weren't really, you know, into that. And, of course, they had just received their second child and, and things like that. And, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, looking back on it, that really, you know, defined my, at least early part of my life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because of that phone call. And so I take sort of three episodes, sort of the first episode is that. The second episode is when I when I met my now wife in the Netherlands. That, of course, had a bit of a influence on me and my life course as well. And then the, the third one is, is uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, a, a wise person in my life told me about, you know, the last phase your life that you kind of do that alone uh-huh. um, and uh, so those are the three sort of snapshots that I try to capture in the song Fare Thee Well. I see. So it's sort of like almost like a life tale almost in a sense with sort of a, uh, whether it's a moral or a, not, I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to say foreshadowing, I'd hope not into <laughs> what you think might be in the future for that final verse, but uh, yeah. at least some good insights for taking with you in the future in that for the yeah, rounding yeah, it's, off it's, life and, Indeed, it's my way of kind of you know, dealing with it or thinking about yeah. things, like sometimes I guess put it to song. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know what? Honestly, expressing it musically is one of the best ways to do it. One of the greatest ways to do it. Just having that kind of moment. So, yeah. would you would would you like to share it with us? I'd love to share it, and yeah. um, I want to you know via radio or through the sound waves we'll introduce uh, Jen Cole as yes. well, who's going to be singing uh, backups. <laughs> you beat um, me to it. I was oh, sorry. Try to say, no, no, it's a, don't worry. It's okay. I, that's actually perfect. I was going to say there's another lovely voice here that we would love to introduce, and Greetings I, I, to you all. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. This song is called "Fare Thee Well." Oh, my brother, when you were born forty years ago, did you know your life would change that morning on the phone? Oh, my thoughts, they turn to here and now Of love and life and us In the end it turned out alright And we all turn into dust Fare thee well, fare thee well 
friends and lovers Fanny well, Fanny well My sisters and my brothers Oh my lover, you know when we met The time so long ago Yeah, I loved you then and there More than you could ever know Let us aim to both grow Ninety years or so Shall we climb that mountain high Though we sometimes feel so low Fare well, fare well Good friends and lovers Fairly well, fairly well, my sisters and my brothers. Fairly well, fairly well, good friends and lovers. Fairly well, fairly well, my sisters and my brothers. amazing there <laughs> case i love it Thank i love you. it i really hear the uh the different phases and uh and it's more than just a one four five progression i'll say that <laughs> it's a, i was just talking about this with jen and yeah it's a bit of weird weird progression because you, you know the the the, the uh, you know it's a c minor g minor f and c so two uh-huh. minor chords and then two major chords and the harmonies you have to 
the first two parts you have Quite to you have to minor it and then the second part you have to major it so it's yeah. a, it's a I didn't make it easy for myself. For <laughs> <laughs> kind of give it that resolve, right? Almost like in, in a sense that uh, it, it's interesting too, because the, the, uh, I guess there's, there's a, there's a, there's an aspect to the progression that gives it that sort of not really, it's, it's almost, it's hard to describe it. Some, somewhere between unsettling in, in an intriguing way and something that almost feels like, I wonder where this will resolve. It kind of gives it that, that, that intrigue, that mystery to the song, which uh, I guess is kind of really cool, too. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, you know, it is a bit of a mystery, right? Like, like how, you know, we ended up in Korea and how I, well, randomly, if you want to put it, or, you know, through some sort of, um, you know, guidance met my wife and how, mm-hmm. you know, how we end up, you know, that, that, that there is a mystery to it. And I never thought of it this way, but, you know, um, yeah, the, 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 the music reflects that. I kind of like that. Interestingly, yeah. About it now. Yeah. So I guess post McMaster then in that case, uh, yeah. would you say then, uh, would, would, it, would you say there were certain circumstances that had they not happened, maybe you would not have met your wife? Well, if I hadn't moved to the Netherlands, I would not have met her. I mean, she's she's as Dutch as Dutch can be. <laughs> um, and uh, it's also interesting, again, through my wife, my brother, who happened to be, he was studying in Geneva, but then he visited me for a summer, um, uh-huh. met my wife's friend, and now they're together and, and you know, have four oh, kids. And, wow. and so, I mean, you know, the, the, the constellation of my family would be completely different had I not met Elsa and had, you know, so... Um, Things turned, you know, I think you're led in a way. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, it had to have happened. Interestingly, yeah. What was your experience like? Because I, I assume that prior to when you took your master's and went to the Netherlands, yeah. you hadn't, had you visited there before that or was that I your had, first time yeah, back? Yeah, I mean, because most of my family's there. Ah, yes. Like okay. uncles and aunts and cousins. So yeah. I, I'd been there a few times, but I never lived there. Yeah. Yeah. But coming there to live there then, so then I guess where I was going to lead to was uh, how was that to you experience-wise? Because you hadn't really lived there for pretty much all of your life prior to that moment, right? So almost like coming back full circle to your home country. How was that experience for you when you first kind of came back? Yeah, it was it was it was it was funny because indeed I'd never lived there before, um, and it was on the one hand it was very exhilarating, right? Because you because. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, my family lives in Hamilton, so I, when I, all through Mac, um, you know, I lived at home still because, uh, you know, cost benefit analysis, essentially. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm a business student. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Uh, great. Yeah. great. So, yes. you know, I, I was 25 and I moved to the Netherlands and I was living on my own for the first time, you know, uh, and if, luckily I had been taught to, you know, do my laundry and cook and stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, like living on your own is, is, is a new thing. Yes. Um, and then uh, also doing that in a country that, that, you know, in a certain way, like really felt like home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people uh, pronounce my name in a in a you know in a in a, in a regular way, which is quite interesting. <laughs> um, uh, after you know Canada, where where you know I've heard every single iteration of my name, and I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, and and you know, I'm a tall, skinny Dutch guy, um, and there, you know, the world is full of tall, skinny Dutch guys. So I kind of felt very just kind of fit in a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, the language, cause I had to do my, I had to do a, um, pre-master, which was in Dutch. So okay. I, like I had gotten Dutch from like, you know, for my family and stuff, Yeah. but it was a bit of a crash course. Cause I had to like, you know, <laughs> I, I did all of a sudden did like math. I had to like do some stats in, in, in Dutch and that, you know, ah. so the words I wouldn't normally use in, in, in life. Yes. 
you know, were, were being thrown at me and like my, my lectures a second week there. So it was a bit of a crash course, <laughs> yeah. um, having to learn, you know, Dutch on the fly, essentially, um, or at least kind of get reacquainted with the Dutch language. Um, and, but, you know, it was, like I said, it was, it was a very sort of exhilarating time as well. I, I joined a choir. I'm still in touch with, with you know, uh, some of the, uh, you know, I have a very close group of friends and we all met at that, you know, uh, Utrecht University Choir. Oh, um, so yeah. uh, and I still I'm mean, still in touch with friends here from my McMaster Choir days. So That's um, amazing, yeah. yeah, so you know, and and of course I have family there and stuff. And then uh, within a few weeks, I'd met my now wife Elsa. Um, and we didn't start dating until a few months after that. But you know, um, a lot of things changed for me within I'd say like you know six months or something like that. It was a, it was a it was a crazy time. Absolutely. Would you say on it. trying to relearn the Dutch language came back into that too when, when you first met Elsa? Or? Um, well, it's funny you should say that because we have kids now and, um, uh, you know, uh, I get it, but she, she wants me to speak more English with them. But our language has always been Dutch. Like my yes. language with, with my wife has always been Dutch because that's how we just started. Mm-hmm. So it feels very sort of like forced for me to 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 speak english to my kids i i try to do it and they they're they're starting to learn Mm -hmm. um but i know other sort of like expat or not expat couples like you know um couples with different sort of mother tongues you know the one speaks dutch and the other speaks english or spanish and dutch or whatever Mm -hmm. and because our common language was always dutch it you know it's kind of um felt weird to you know all of a sudden like again like forcibly speaking English again. yeah yeah <laughs> probably definitely like, like it's it's sort of an interesting area to select well which language I'm going to use then in front of whether it's the kids or you know yeah. one another and that sort of thing right but yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 good it's it's great to hear though that you've been able to reincorporate it prior to prior to moving back into the Netherlands though um did you did you uh, I, I guess you were fluent in understanding Dutch and then it's just a matter of learning it back again in terms of conversation right I, I would imagine yeah yeah I was fluent in in understanding Dutch some of the expressions that are the Dutch chain, language changes quite quickly ah. it's a very sort of like uh-huh. um, 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 language that that has like very sort of like specific expressions that you need to be in the Dutch context to get <laughs> okay. um, and so a lot of those I didn't get you know in the beginning so I had to really learn them and I'm still not the greatest at Dutch expressions because I kind of like messed them around a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it, it, it was all there in the back of my head somewhere uh-huh. um, and then I had to sort of get it out I see. Yeah, I mean, you know what? In fairness, English is kind of the same thing too, right? Because it's always it's it's full of irregularities. It's so indirect. Yeah. That a lot of expressions in English cannot be translated directly into some other language or anything. Really, it's going to be super hard to understand. So it's almost like you need to uh, be exposed to whether it's a cultural thing or just a community of friends around you that might be in on that particular lingo. So, and, mm-hmm. and you, well, you're doing a lot better than I am because I'm, I'm, I'm what they say a one way, uh, Filipino. I can only understand it. I can't speak. Oh, it. okay. I can understand it 100% perfectly, but because of my instruction here in English and in fact, French, like I, I'm ashamed to say that my French is probably better than my Filipino. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause it's, um, I, I I was always spoken to at home though in the home language. Yeah. But then I was never able to process having both languages at the same time from young. So I had to pick one or the other just to be able to learn best. So English was yeah. what I had to go with. But I, it's, it's now I'm just trying to get back into that. 
uh, practice of being able to speak the language in mm-hmm. some way. So I think, it, but it's always great. You know, language is is, is so beautiful that it, it, it's just something that connects people, whether regardless of whatever it is, right? And so it's it's really good that way. Yeah. And I guess in your professional work, uh, would you say that uh, you mostly is that mostly uh, associated with 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 Dutch, or is it kind of all over with what you do professionally? No, I mean, I, I think it's 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 English. Um, you know, it's a, it, it's a common language, um, and you know, like my my, my professional career, like I, I, f- I feel like I started my you know I had jobs here, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes. like you know like summer jobs and That's things, true. and I, and oh, I yeah. got to say, I did uh, you know as part of my uh, McMaster, where I did do an internship at at a, at a large sort of banking organization in Toronto. Okay, um, but I feel like I started my career on like what I am doing now in in the Netherlands after doing my masters there. Um, but it really started here, you know. Like I said, I, I I did I did I did business school here, but did a lot of electives outside, and uh, one of those electives is um, is uh, was sort of globalization, and it was from the Faculty of Humanities, and it was a really interesting dichotomy for me that really got me started in the in the first place, um, or at least you know in the in the afternoons I would have during the day I would have courses from my business school about international business and how. It was all, you know, essentially amazing. This sort of like, you know, a reduction of tariffs and free trade and stuff. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. in the evenings, I would have this uh, humanities course, and we'd read a book called "Globalization and Its Discontents" from uh, Joseph Stiglitz. That sounds anyway, familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, mm-hmm. he's he's very critical about this whole sort of globalization movement, mm-hmm. and yet a lot of you know students there, you know, th- they were very sort of like the the left students, and they were like, you know, uh, the, they had genes with watch the right and killer coke, and uh-huh. at that. Point in time, All they the symbolisms. Yeah. At that point in time, they couldn't imagine like a worse American president than than George W. Bush. They had like <laughs> F. Bush T-shirts on and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and and you know, it was very interesting. Sort of like that really got me thinking. Like, hey, you know, what I'm learning about like you know globalization and free trade and stuff like that. Like, what's kind of impact does it have on people? And that's kind of what uh-huh. it, what stuck with me. And that's why I went to Netherlands. I did international development studies. I see. Yeah. And I did my, um, uh, so, you know, what kind of an impact does development, does the economy have on people? And I actually did my research. I lived in and did my research in Cambodia in the garment industry. Oh, I see. So my research on like, what does it mean for a, a garment worker, a Cambodian garment worker who is, who is, you know, generally female, young from a rural area, moving to the city for the first time? What does it mean to work in a factory that makes, you know, your and my T-shirts? Um, and, and you know, what kind of hopes and dreams do they have? Like, what kind of an impact that they're all of a sudden, you know, a cog in this global machine making T-shirts? What does that do to them? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's always fascinated me and it continues to fascinate me. And Absolutely. it all started with, like, you know, being having the opportunity to do those sort of electives outside of my sort of business faculty. and, and, and Yeah. You know, think outside of you know uh, the box, I guess. Absolutely, and you know, compared to let's say, if that same person were to be here, and let's say whether a, a an American clothing maker, a Canadian clothing maker, and how that would be different compared to a country like Cambodia or other places, and just I guess the different situations too. Uh, that that I, I figure that might encompass some of what you have been interested in as well, just kind of how it differs across the globe, or. Yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, an element of curiosity. Like, I'm, you know, when I mean, there was a time where I did, you know, a fair amount of travel to developing countries when I worked for an NGO in the garment sector, uh, you know, I'd visit a lot of factories. And when I would go there, I would, 
spend as little time as possible in the offices and I would go to like the work floor, but more interestingly, the worker dormitories. And I try to, mm-hmm. you know, find the places where I felt like real life was happening, not the yeah. sort of like what the factory management wanted us to see, mm-hmm. but just like actual what was happening. Again, it, it, it still is curated, but I mean, you know, yeah. like uh, going to a, uh, you know, I had this great experience in a, in a outside of a factory in, in, in China, going to like a tiny little restaurant where the garment workers would eat for lunch mm-hmm. and having this like ridiculously spicy, but very good food. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, washing it down with a Coke because my mouth was on fire. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, like it, it kind of getting that experience and like, what is it like? You know, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out, you know, what it's like. And you said you have, you know, a, a Filipino background. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I've been doing at my current employment. I've been doing research into, you know, the working conditions for seafarers worldwide. And 25 percent mm-hmm. of seafarers are Filipino. Yes. That's and they are the ones there. that are bringing, you know, all the ships and the gas and the oil and the, you know, whatever, all those ships there, you know, 25% of them are, are statistically speaking, are, are Filipino. What yeah. kind of an impact does it have? You yeah. know, uh, so I had, you know, one of my colleagues did research through, through, you know, social media, reaching out to them oh. and getting their experience. Cause there's not a lot of attention being paid to that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very interesting field. And certainly, yeah. yeah. Have there been any areas uh, or highlights out of uh, your time, whether it's been traveling or researching that have really helped sort of develop what you've been sort of looking into or any just any highlights overall or anything that really stands out to you that you've experienced no i mean you know again the the, the going to cambodia and like um uh you know discovering that that because i did you know because i didn't speak the language but Mm -hmm. through my uh, research discovering that that you know many of these again young rural not so highly educated um women have hopes and dreams and they if given the opportunity want to you know progress within the factory or maybe you know earn a little bit of money and then go back home and and start a hairdressing shop or whatever it is um you know these are people you know these these aren't just cogs in a machine these are people they have stories they leave families behind they fall in love. They have kids. Um, you know, uh, their their dad gets sick. Whatever. You know, the, 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 these people. You know, the, part of this global sort of machinery, global economy that we've put together. These are people with stories. Whether you're a seafarer on a ship, or you know, I did. I did. You know, for another project, I uh, looked at um, you know mines in DRC. Mm. Right. So that's where cobalt that comes into our phone, that comes into you know all these electronic devices yeah. it's being mined in drc and, and you know like the the democratic republic of congo yes yeah and um you know for a lot of these uh, people mining cobalt either formally or informally as i say so working for a sort of real mine or just outside there mm-hmm. and kind of shoveling it literally into a bag and selling it to a middleman um you know it, these these are people that do that yeah and that's what i work what i'm constantly sort of like you know, um, fascinated by and, 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 and sort of inspired by. Yeah. yeah. And getting to learn from all these different areas where people are in there and just, uh, how, I guess, as you put it, how they, how they've sort of had, they're, they're sort of a cog or puzzle piece, but then they themselves probably yeah. have other aspirations of their own too, yeah. right? That they want to proceed as. Yeah. Sorry, just, just one thing, like we just said about like, you know, inspiring me, that kind of just think, thinking of a thing, like I worked at an NGO, right? In the yeah, government sector. Sure. And what they also did, they had a, what they call a complaints mechanism. So mm-hmm. if a worker at a factory in a certain country was, felt like they were, you know, had an issue that they couldn't resolve locally, you could kind of escalate that. 
And oh. um, I had a com- oh. when I lived in Indonesia for six months, I lived there as well. Um, you know, there a complaint came in from a a garment worker who who wanted to form a new trade union at a factory, and her and I think thirteen other colleagues got fired because of it. Um, um, and then, you know, I was, I played a little bit of a role in getting them rehired and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I lost contact and then I threw some people there. I, I, I always wondered what had happened to her. And, you know, a few years later I found out that this, that this woman, you know, now is head of a second trade union at that factory oh, and wow. she's been able to, you know, um, uh, you know, it, improve the quality of, for example, the toilets, but also, you know, set up uh, maternity rooms, right, where women yeah. can breastfeed and mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know, again, it, that inspires me. That's like this amazing story that, you know, I played just a tiny little role, but if you're able to help people, and again, these are people, they can do so many great things. And like, she has significantly improved the lives of you know, thousands of workers in her factory. Yeah, it's 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 again, it's like, these are people. It's the wonder. Oh, absolutely, yeah. the wonder of what one, even maybe one little action that may seem fairly insignificant, or just one little thing at the time, could go a very, very long way. And I think that mm-hmm. story really just comes to prove that beautifully, too. Right. So, yeah. yeah um, are there any things that you are looking forward to taking your research into your professional work, uh, or where you might see yourself down the road, and what you might be able to do? Um, that's a good question. I, uh, I, I tend to not make like big long plans because, oh, no <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, life happens after you make plans, especially um, like these past couple of years, we, nobody saw this yeah, coming too. Exactly. So definitely that was a big uh, wrench in the whole thing too. But. but I, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, like that I'm doing this now, I'm working at a bank and stuff like that. But, um, um, you know, I think my wheelhouse is, is making that, that impact on people making that sort of tangible mm-hmm. and 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 um doing something with that like those stories making people aware that that there is an impact there um uh, and i i think i see myself continuing that sort of course of uh, <laughs> of my career um whether it's you know seafarers or whether it's mine workers or whether it's garment workers or whether it's you know people that work in it uh-huh. um content moderators in in you know Berlin or whatever, right? It doesn't really matter to me as long as there's there's that sort of making people aware of that tangible impact and doing something about it. I, I that's that's my wheelhouse. That's my lane that I really enjoy being in. I see. That that's honestly amazing. Now I see there's a there's a song here called Over and Over Again. Yeah. And uh, I, I would you say there's any uh, any inspiration from what whether it's your work or your education or something that sort of ties into this particular song? Well, yeah. I mean, again, this curiosity of you know like what's behind in this case, a guitar, like I couldn't bring it with me because I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> check luggage is really expensive <laughs> nowadays. But yeah. when I play the song in the Netherlands, I play it on a, I play it on a, um, a nylon uh, string guitar, like a classical guitar oh, yeah? that I picked up during Corona time. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. And I did it because it looked weird and I did a bit of research on it. And it's actually a, a relatively old, you know, a guitar made in Japan for the Japanese market. It's like late 50s. Oh, wow. Um, and I found out that the company that made that guitar um, used to be part of the war effort during the Second World War. I so they see. made propellers for the fighter planes that were mm-hmm. fighting there, and that's why they got bombed by the Allies. And um, when, um, you know, the story goes, uh, as far as I can tell through Google and, and some research I did, mm-hmm. um, that they rebuilt that factory, those factories, in three months, and they started making musical instruments. Ah. So, you know, I like to think that 
the guitar I'm playing was made by a man or a woman in a factory that used to make instruments of hate mm-hmm. and then now, you know, make instru- make musical instruments that I can play a love song on. Yeah, so, of peace or of connectivity. To yeah. Something to kind of bring warmth out in people. Yeah, right? and, and how better to sort of rebuild a society than by making music possible. Oh, absolutely. I cannot think yeah. of a better sort of mechanism to do that than just, you know, making music, culture, art, because that's, you know, yeah, that's so incredible. So I, 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 I love playing that song on that guitar. On that particular guitar, yeah. Didn't bring that guitar, but I was able to uh, source a <laughs> nylon guitar, so you kind of have the same sound. <laughs> At least to give it that. Well, yeah. for the purposes of, of this song, I think we'll try to envision that sound. Or maybe you're going to have to come back again sometime with that guitar, and then we'll get to hear it in its full beauty. Hey, let's, uh, let's, uh, let, let, you can always dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is, and uh, Jen's joining me for the for uh, for this song again. It's a song called uh, "Over and Over Again," and it's just a simple little love song. Essentially, it's a relatively short song um, where I kind of describe the you know um, like the the intensity of love that that also has uh, you know uh, it's complex. There's a mystery to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's over and over again. Here we go.
will never fade like graffiti on the overpass. And I know times may change the way you think of us, but I remember the way you were. You were the first full stop, love that will never leave. And baby, you will never be a lost on me. For over 40 years, CFMU has been your campus and community radio station, serving McMaster University, the city of Hamilton, and beyond, all thanks to your continued support. To make a donation to help us continue to serve you, visit cfmu.ca slash fundraising for PayPal and Patreon options and for more information. Thank you from all of us here at 93.3 CFMU. There was a lot of warmth I could feel in that particular song. I really like it. Yeah, I I, I love playing it too. Like when I when I play it live, I, I again I play it on that guitar, and that's a guitar that that can't be um, amplified. Yeah, you can't plug it in. So I, so, can, I can only imagine. I was just going to say that you know it sounds really good with this particular guitar. So all the more so if we had it on that Japanese guitar. Oh, I think yeah, <laughs> we'd be melting here. Beautiful. So I, I I play it like in the audience. I take a grab a stool and I play oh, it in the audience. Yeah, on sort of amplified like there's no uh-huh. there's no there's no microphones no nothing so people have to kind of hush it be a little bit hushed and and really like kind of listen, and listen in and feel yeah. in right so it's, it's a nice it, yeah. it's a nice moment absolutely yeah um and and it's just such a beautiful song too uh, out Thank of that you. do you have any particular is there any line in the song or any kind of lyric that that you like or stands out to you the most in the song yeah i love the the because uh, in the dark your eyes shine bright look away before our hearts collide uh-huh. it's like that sort of um in, yeah, like a contrast, right? On the one hand, yeah. you, you want to be completely in love, but on the other hand, it's almost too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to sort of, yeah, there's a tension there Yeah, that I think a lot of people recognize in, you know, all kinds of different, you know, love, whether it's family or whether it's your loved one or whether it's, you know, a good friend or whatever. There's there's sometimes tension there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets too close or, yeah. I see, but you convey it so beautifully in that, so I really enjoyed listening to that. Yeah. And honestly, tying back into, I guess, the question here that I was thinking of is that, would you say that your professional work, and in terms of your experiences, or just your day-to-day, whatever you end up doing, would you say it? there's some ties into your music, and maybe you might share that? Uh, with whenever you perform? Because you do mention that you perform out in the Netherlands sometimes, yeah. like at a local venue and something like that, right? Yeah, so, I mean, this is something that's 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 relatively new for me. I've kind of, you know, I've always made music, been involved in music and stuff, but, you know, you can, I almost feel like, I think it's one of the Coen brothers, it's like a serious man. Like, I've always felt like, you know, I, I'm a professional now, I gotta get professional. Like, music is, is a hobby, that's something you do when you're young and when you're, you know, immature or something like that. And I've kind of uh-huh. accepted the fact that music will always be a part of me. This is just something that that comes out that I that I love doing. That I just get so much sort of energy from and so much creativity and you know just being here and singing this with Jen, having the opportunity to kind of practice this and sharing my stories and music with you. You know, I just love doing this. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of accepted the fact that you know, hey, this music is a part of me, and so therefore I need to give it room in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I take my, my, my job very seriously. 
um, and I love what I do. But this is also another aspect of me and, and you know, what you mentioned the show, what I like about the show, it kind of, it, it brings sort of my two, two sort of aspects of my life together that, you know, I share, it's a program kind of around, you know, the, the value of good work. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I, I, I share, there's lots of songs written about, you know, what it's like to work in a factory, you know, Bruce Springsteen or Ray LaMontagne, or, you know, there's lots of songs about like, I've been working on the railroad or oh, you know, yeah. like all, all those kinds of songs, <laughs> but like, you know, the worker experience. Yeah. Um, Billy you know. Joel's Allentown's one that comes to mind for me. That's a, <laughs> that's one I got to check out. Yeah. But you know, like, so I, I share some of those songs, but I also share, you know, the story about the guitar. Somebody built my guitar. Mm-hmm. And seven years later, I'm playing it now for you, and I'm playing a love song on it. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so the good work has value. And then I, the last song that I share, but maybe we'll get to that, is also like the value of, of just, you know, taking care of people. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so, you know, again, that sort of my interest in what work does with people, what this, this, this thing we've built does with people, but also my, my music, that it, it's kind of combined it for me. And that's a yeah. nice nice spot for me to be in at this point in time and and what your music does with people too right yeah and sort of yeah. whenever you perform it whenever you share it yeah what have been some of your favorite remarks if anybody's ever um given you uh just told you about your music or raved about it or anything um what i like is when people say it it hits them like like it impacts them and um uh, you know i even the song that i just played like it it's it's weird but you know, I've had people sort of like wipe away tears after me playing that song because it's such an intimate oh, wow. song because yeah. you're really close to them. And another uh-huh. song that I wrote uh, for my dad about my dad's struggle with with Alzheimer's, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it hits people. Um, but I also try to bring a bit of a joy to it as well. And, and oh, yeah. just, you know, see people smiling. I make jokes and, and, <laughs> and you know, it, it's, you know. I write melancholy songs, but I'm a happy guy. You know, hopefully Jen can attest to that as well. Uh, <laughs> um, and just, again, just, just, just sharing, you know, music. And, and relatively recently, people have really started saying, like, I really enjoyed, you know, your music and, and your song. And, and, and that, you know, that's, that's kind of a new experience for me. And I just, I'm not somebody who writes songs for, you know, the, their attic. I need to mm-hmm. share that. Um, they're made. They're made to be played. They're, they're made, they're to, made be shared, to be right? shared, yeah. interactive, uh-huh. and then that you kind of see people appreciating it. Yeah, that's 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 what really, yeah, that's what you know inspires me to keep going. Essentially, yeah. And Jen's nodding her head too, so I can trust that. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm going to take her word for it. <laughs> no, um, let, let, let's see. So, if if I were to go and uh, visit a show or see you go yeah. play in the Netherlands, or whatever the case may be, or something, what would I expect to see? Or what would I be looking forward to seeing? Well, I at this point in time, it's a one man show. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, so you would you would a lot can happen for one person. Though. You would see me uh, playing, you know, different, you know, uh, songs and and also just placing it within a story. Placing, I'm not just up there playing songs. And I've I've kind of learned that if you just kind of play a song, people don't really have trouble sort of associating with it. If you kind of tell the story of the song, what you're trying to say or, or how it fits into some sort of narrative, then it really works Yeah, much better. Um, so yeah, I, if you come to see me um, and it's, I perform it, uh, you know, most regularly on international nights. So not yeah. speaking Dutch, I'm speaking English. <laughs> so you'd be more than welcome to come and, uh, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah. Um, yeah and um, uh, yeah, like I, 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 I kind of couch it within a context, a story, and I'm already working on like, a, a new sort of you know story that I want to tell in, in about half an hour uh-huh. um, and hopefully with a little bit more 
you know, I, my dream is at some point in time to have like musicians join me on this and, and, you know, have, you can, you know, get a little bit louder, get a little bit softer, have some other instruments in there, have some other vocals in there and, and, you know, put together a, uh, more of a complete sound. Yeah. And, and just a full storytelling journey just to kind of help yeah. build that and, and really emphasize in that story. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned there is a third song and yeah. what, how would you like to set up this particular one? I think let's put that storytelling to use <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again now. I mean, not that we have all, we haven't already with the previous two, because I think they do fit perfectly into sort of what uh, we've been talking about in the story you've been sharing so far so yeah this one's called is it nhg i believe right yeah how would you, how would you describe this one yeah i mean that's out? that's a song for and about my dad um and like i said you know the reason we i was born in south korea is because my dad was called to, to 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 he was a pastor in holland and then called to be a be a be a theologian in korea mm-hmm. um but he can't do that anymore for the last i mean i think seven eight years he's in, he's in a, a long-term care facility here in here in canada um, because he suffers from the disease from Alzheimer's, uh, which is a progressive disease. And here now, I've visited him three times, but he doesn't recognize me. You know, he doesn't. He's you know in a place where we can't really reach him right now. Um, yeah. And you know, again, the song that I that I wrote um, came to me um, like the melody because um, it's uh, yeah. There's a, there's a Dutch show called uh, called Hello Goodbye where you're interviewed, um, you know, when you're waiting for somebody to, there's really great interviews of, you know, people that are waiting for a loved one to, to, to you know, appear from the baggage hall. And, oh. and, and they, in that waiting time, you know, uh, the, the host of the show goes and interviews people like, who are you waiting for and what's your story? You hear these amazing, incredible, you know, happy, sad stories. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and uh, my brother happened to be interviewed, and 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 he told the story. My, he, my mom was coming. He told the story about about um, you know that my mom was um, um, coming to visit, and um, he said one thing like the you know there's awful things about Alzheimer's, but one of the most uh, sort of awful things is you don't know when to say goodbye, because when he's still there, when he's still somewhat lucid, like you don't want to say goodbye because you might you know you don't know how this disease will progress, and by the time you realize that. I should have said goodbye. It's too late because yeah. he's too far gone. And then regret will sink in or something. Yeah, like that. It, it it lingers with you for a yeah, long yeah. So of time. yeah, it does. And 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 um, you know that sort of stuck in my head. And then kind of you know a melody and the words came to me like you know it's too late to say goodbye. And that kind of like the anchor of the song. And it's a song about my dad where where I, um, um, you know, kind of share sort of my my sort of memories of him and 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 how I think he lives on in me. Um, and when I play the song, I also play the song in the show as like the last song, or at least yeah, yeah, the last full song. Um, you know, I also say like you know, I I can't find any sort of redeeming value in why this happened to my dad. Like, there's no like you know, everything happens for a reason for me. No, uh-huh. I mean he took he's, he's been taken away from us. But what it has made me realize is that the people that work in the long term care facilities for like where my dad lives. Uh, where my dad is right now you know those are the angels those are the modern day angels they yeah. take care of my dad and they allow me to you know live in holland and 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 you know be sort of knowing that he's well taken care of i mean they take yeah. care of his every need and they do it oh, with yes. with so much love and so much sort of compassion um that that it's just incredible to me and again these are just people that generally aren't you know paid the highest amount of money you know they're yeah. often they're the you know they're, they're, they're i wouldn't say they're minimum wage but you know they're they're 
you know, they're definitely not the uh, the bankers. Yeah, they're they're, they're not <laughs> the, the six figure goers or the or the you know or the private equity uh, yeah, yeah. you know investors, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, but so uh, the value of their work is so much more than what they get on their paycheck. Yeah. But especially if they do their work with heart, I think yeah. it's really what, what yeah. makes the difference, right? And, yeah. and it sounds like your dad's in very good company. And so I'm, I think I, I can, I can empathize with you just being grateful for that. So I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad to hear yeah. that that's good. Yeah. So, uh, and so this song NHG, I, I wrote it like a fairly long time ago, but it took me a few years to be able to sing it in public. And now I'm detached from it enough to be able to just sing it without, without, I, I can go to that place, but it doesn't overwhelm me. I see. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's a song that I that I play in that that show as well, and that's when people sometimes also you know have emotional moments of their own. Well, you know, but uh, I, the thing it's probably it's been so close, and especially yeah. since you said it took you a while that it was such a, yeah. such a close song to you that it, it's it's almost like um, I, I guess I wouldn't say the feeling of grief. But it's sort of almost just that that it's a strong emotion I think that's yeah. been with you and uh, yeah. it's been hard to uh, to detach from until I guess it ta- it's taken a bit of time. But yeah, yeah, it's taken a bit of time. I've played it a few times and uh, and uh, you know the first few times like I couldn't look at any of my friends <laughs> that were there because I was like okay I know this you know um, but now I can I can just I can just play it and and, and you know, like I said you know it doesn't overwhelm me which yeah. is uh, which is nice. That's good, <laughs> but still conveying that emotion. So we we'll get to hear convey. that absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. for it. I'll go for it. Okay. Yeah. And this is a song I'm uh, I'm just uh, singing by myself. Um, um, it's a song called NHG, and that's the initials, my dad's initials, right? Coaches Nicholas Hendrick. Hoches. I see. I see. La la da 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 la da 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 la da. It's too late to say goodbye, and it's too late to wonder why it's our time. I'm passing through, it's our home filled with you. We long to. Not fade away We long to love Be loved each day Here we are Just passing through I'm walking home Beside you But where you 
amazing stuff there thank you yeah i really loved that one too it's uh um yeah i can i can just imagine um now now that now that you've played it sort of imagining just how tricky it must have been or, or challenging at first to be able to really sing it in a in more of a public setting without really getting the emotions right up into your head almost there yeah yeah it took like i said it took a took a bit of time because uh the lyrics are very specific to me and and my experience with my dad Mm -hmm. um you know like walking home beside you like i used to walk home with him you know when i would study at his because he was at a seminary where i would study there you know for exam time uh and you know i used to walk home with him or um you know his the house that my mom lives at right now that he you know that's where i grew up in and there's still stuff his stuff there you know yeah even though he's not there anymore and he's, uh-huh. you know, so it's, it's, there's very sort of personal references, much more personal than, than many of the other songs that I, I sometimes uh, write. So. But I think the emotion that you per- convey in the song, sort of uh, recounting that or, or describing it, I think that will, that resonates a lot with people you've played it to. And I, mm. I certainly felt it here, even through, you know, through our, the equipment we've got here, yeah. you, can, you can still, <laughs> you can still really feel it. Yeah. And, and I really liked that. Uh, I Thank really you. liked that song. Yeah. Absolutely. Honestly, there's just so much talent that I'm really glad that I was able to get to be able to have you play. Because honestly, it's there's nothing better than than having these interviews than than to have some of that music and get to hear that mm-hmm. uh, as part of uh, conversations. And again, to help for your case to tell that story. So I know you've come to visit and uh, how was, well, I mean, hopefully you had a good time visiting back here and coming full circle around here at Max. So yeah. <laughs> and that sort of thing. What's ahead? What's coming up ahead for you? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm going going back to Holland, and 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 um, uh, you know, just just like I said, in terms of uh, trying to put into practice this sort of yeah decision, I guess, or I thought is you know this this new phase where I like you know I I, I make room for my professional career, but also my musical career. Yeah, kind my of career, more of a you know, like my musical though, yeah. side of me and my and my professional side of uh-huh. me, and just kind of 
going down that path and just kind of seeing where it goes. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, I'm so grateful to be on, to be here, to be at, you know, the CFMU, which is, you know, college radio, McMaster radio and, and kind of, you know, telling that story here about how Mac played, you know, had, had quite an influence on me, my time here. And just, you know, it, it, it feels like a nice sort of like jumping off point for me and, and, and who knows what the, what the, what the future, you know, will hold. But like I said, it will be in that sort of wheelhouse of, you know, making people aware of the impact of work, but also just, you know, just sharing my music in one way or the other. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's always great, you know, coming back full circle back to your, back to your uh, stomping grounds at university, you know, there's always, there's always something about uh, being an alumni now uh, or alumnus of of McMaster or I guess really any institution that just coming back, it brings that familiarity. And I, I hope, I see. I, I'm I'm glad, and I hope that you've probably felt that so far in your visit back here. So yeah, that's yeah. been good. Yeah. A- any any plans you think of potentially actually getting these recorded up and stuff song wise? And uh, yeah, I do want to. I do like I really do want to do that. Um, uh, but um, like I'm going back to the studio in March to record another song. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And where for the first time I'm playing, you know, not just guitar but also bass, and oh. we'll get a bit of drums in there and uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, the, the, um, the idea, like I have an idea of how I want these songs to sound with a full band, but I got to find, you know, I don't have Jen, a lot of Jens in, in the, in the Netherlands to, to help me out with vocals and, you know, like trying to find, you know, the right musicians, but also the right, you know, you know, it costs money and time and, yes. and, and resources to do that. And I got to find a way to to do that somehow. So I'm just starting with, you know, making music and, and telling my story and getting people to, to, you know, to, to listen to it. And hopefully one way or another, um, it'll work out that I'm able to record these songs. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I, I firmly believe that it, it's a little circumstance that'll, that'll bring you to that. And something, something is out there for you. And, and I, I look so. forward to, to the day when I get to see Case going to perform, releasing music and being able to share with us, give back to, uh, to come back and, and to come back, of course, you know, to yeah. <laughs> come by for some chats and any more stories and things to love to share. Because honestly, I really enjoyed this particular story, just getting to hear about Case Croches and uh, just the uh, all, everything you've been through and uh, everything that is ahead of you. Honestly, so yeah. is there any place from uh, any way we can we can check out your music uh, as Loud with Light? All right. Yeah, so um, I have an Instagram account at Loud with Light Music um, that and you know people can follow me on that, and I try to on a semi-regular basis update people. Uh, I have a SoundCloud, um, mm-hmm. so SoundCloud.com/slash/LoudWithLight mm-hmm. that people can listen to my demos, and you know if if this recording in 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 March goes well and I'm happy enough with it, then I hope to put it on Spotify, and you know when I feel songs are are sort of at the right level, then I'll put it on spotify and yeah. at a certain point in time maybe put out a, an, an ep but yeah so uh, the best way to get in touch with me is 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 through instagram or through soundcloud and i have a gmail address that we you know had yep. contact on loud with lights <laughs> at gmail.com that you can get a hold of me um yeah linkedin actually and i'm also on linkedin Oh, it's just as my name. There we go. <laughs> and I, you know, share some music stuff there as well absolutely well honestly case thanks so much and, and jen as well such a pleasure to have you both in here and be sure if you're listening to this to go ahead and check out case and and uh in in any of the mediums that he has described here because i honestly tell you i think there, there's there's a lot that is ahead and i really look forward to 
being able to, and I mean, I'm honestly grateful to help you in that way to just be able to share, help you share your story with you listening here. So Case, Jen, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this and thanks for the opportunity. Está escuchando su programa latinoamericano en el 93.3 FM de Sudáfrica. Hostia radio la polski społeczności. Tu kalitro programa singinotita i neto radiofono. Tu bara marifi radio der estimai shuma. Now ya ya pebreshta radio hamotene CFM UFM divinization trees kablas trees. Tu toha mai ha jisan tianfuning de shechi guangbo de sisha. Neteni hai getroni radio jam. Berasa manelo radion sershi. CFM so there we have it. That was my conversation with our special guest for today, and that was Case Hochis. Once again, you can catch Case on SoundCloud, on Instagram, and wherever you can find Loud with Light Music. That's the name he goes by. Case, once again, thanks so much for your time, if you're listening to this. But of course, to you listening as well, thank you for your time as well, for joining me at whatever time you caught this episode today. You can always catch it once again on cfmu.ca slash show slash 159. Looking for this episode with Case's name on the cover, uh, or also on the podcast form, which will be released shortly after this goes live, so you'll catch a condensed version of this episode, really just to get the meat and potatoes of the actual conversation, and of course the music, which uh, in this case being a live setting, will gladly be completely uh, as it is on that podcast form. So I won't really be doing any air check or sort of trimmed down versions of the music because this is brand new live stuff that you're able to hear for the first time. And uh, I honestly would be more than happy to leave it on there as well. And I'm, I'm sure Case would also. So it'll be there for your listening pleasure. So for the rest of today's slot until your next program in for the rest of today, I just have a couple of songs I guess we'll play. We'll just get into some old rare soul pieces for one of them to kick this off. And then the one after that is a rendition of a popular song from the late 1960s from another popular band, Doc Severinsen and the the Tonight Show band from the late 60s around that time also. Let me introduce this first one. It's from Kim Aukerman uh, and the song is called Being Alive. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your day today and uh, the rest of today's programming. This has been First Up for 93.3 CFMU broadcasting out of McMaster University in the basement of the Student Center in Hamilton. Uh, This show for me is actually being done right from my home here in Mississauga, but the show goes on nonetheless. So until the next episode, I will see you then. Hopefully you and yours take care of the meantime. Come on, Tim!